like that, Anya. She's newly human and strangely literal. What? I don't say that. No one says that. No one talks that way. Strangely Literal, the podcast. You haven't seen my drawer of inappropriate starches. Here's the part where you make a choice. <laughs> Deborah Buck was just telling us funny stories about his life at the monastery. <laughs> this goes beyond anything I've ever done. It's a total loss of control. And not in a nice, wholesome, my girlfriend has a pierced tongue kind of way. I think you've already figured out I'm not the poster boy for normal. I've given some thought to moving off the edge. Not an ideal location. What a crazy random happenstance. everybody, welcome to Strangely Literal, the fanfic podcast of everything Weedenverse. I have another Beer Good Foamy story for you today. I know, two in a row. Aren't you lucky? Um, <laughs> this one's a little more sad and angsty. It is set in the far-flung future, you know, older Buffy, way older Buffy, past season eight Buffy. Um, this is one of those stories that makes me realize again why I love fanfic. Fanfic done well can explore story threads that were never really, for me, closed in the in the story on TV. So one of those is Dana, the crazy slayer, and what happened to her. And this story is so poignant and wonderful. Uh, it's a great way to, I think, kind of give a little more closure to her storyline. Uh, so I'm accepting it as canon, um, <laughs> even though some of the things in this story do not sync up with Buffy season eight, but I will not let that spoil it for everyone. This one's another one from our Firefly Between the Cast. This is read by Garrick. Time for some thrilling heroics. Here's how it is. You'll get killed, I'm telling. Okay, that's new. The Ghost Who Walks, by Beer Good, read by Garrick Moritz. Quotation. Je es d'unatre. I is another. Arthur Rimwald. They call it the Ghost Watch. Nobody comes here much anymore, but there's always two girls on guard duty, a rotating schedule among the more trusted ones, called the Ghost Watch. Not so she hears it, obviously. When the elevator doors ding open, the guards look up, nod to Buffy as she steps out, and go back to playing some video game. On the screen, digital characters beat each other bloody, then resurrect and start all over again like nothing happened. The pile of broken game pads in the corner has grown since the last time she was here. Not for the first time, Buffy considers hiring slayers out to stress test electronic equipment. Hey! Oh, hey! Miss Summers! Everything okay? Stupid question. Nothing much has changed in years. Is she awake? Buffy can see the CCTV screen herself, but it's common courtesy to ask. This is their turf, after all. They're the ones who actually get to see her every day. One of the Slayers, early twenties, a veteran, a kid, casts an eye on the screen. Her partner automatically holds back her video game character for half a second, not taking the opportunity for a cheap blow. They're a team. Yeah, you can go right in. Sometimes, if one of the guards is a rookie, she'll ask if Buffy knows security protocol, always to the embarrassed amusement of her partner. 
Not that they've needed security protocol for a long time, but you never know. Buffy pauses at the door. That weird feeling. Like there should be a sign saying principal. Inside the room, it's as cozy and strangely impersonal as ever. Like a badly put-together showroom, filled with stuff that's too obviously supposed to look like expressions of individuality but doesn't feel lived in. Which is ironic, considering how long she's been here. The books are all untouched past page 17 or so. The posters on the walls are Monet and Clement. The little garden outside is surrounded by a wall covered with ivy to hide that it's, well, a wall. The bed has hooks and loops meant for restraints, leather belts and chains strong enough to hold down a super being, but for the most part they have remained hidden beneath the brightly colored bedspread. They haven't been needed for years. Dana is sitting on the bed. She doesn't look up when Buffy enters. Buffy's struck yet again by how Dana is clearly older than her. Not that much older, Summers. Her hair is almost completely gray now, her body heavy, by Slayer standards. Even without exercise, that metabolism is still there, her eyes hollowed out by a lifetime of insomnia. In the early years, she'd refused to sleep, and they had to dope her up regularly. She gave that up after a few years. Now she mostly spends her days drifting in and out of a fitful sleep. It's when she sleeps that she dreams. It's when she's awake she gets to rest. Hi, how are things? Buffy's learned to avoid certain words and phrases and be careful with others. Stick to the passive tense and avoid pronouns as much as possible. There are days when they get switched around in here. Same, Dana replies. You died. Buffy really hates how the English language has no clear difference between all the different you. It's all so much easier in Italian when you can tell if verbs are plural or singular. Yeah, she grimaces. We lost two girls since last time. The last vamps in Spain put up a fight, and three... Dana suddenly meets her eyes, her voice insistent. We lost three. No, just the... Oh. Too focused on the job again. Yeah, you're right, three. Rona had a heart attack a couple months ago. Fifty-one years old. We're dying of natural causes now. That's probably a good thing in some way, but she can't come up with a way to say that, especially to someone who probably knew exactly what it felt like. Instead, Buffy moves over to the window, pulls the curtain aside, and looks out at the neatly kept garden. Officially therapeutical, in reality, most of the work is done by the more green-fingered guards. I like the, um, purple ones over by the wall. What are they? Dana shrugs. Listen, it's a beautiful day. You sure you don't want to go outside? I mean, we could go get a cup of coffee or something. There's a new place down by the block. No. Of course. They've been over that a few dozen times. Dana doesn't want out. She wants in. She wants walls thick enough to keep them out, not to have a head full of slayer life she'll never lead. Obviously, they've tried to help her. Medicine, magic, even some weird secret agency in L.A. But years ago, they gave up. Dana is who she is. The Slayer who dreams every fight ever fought, with new ones added daily. And barring a miracle, it's who she'll remain. You can't... I... I kill. I say I slay. I... It never stops. Just the kill. Always. I know you killed people, but it was decades ago, Dana. 
The same old useless excuse. Hell, half my best friends are murderers. They can't change that. But they... What? Stop? Move on? Try to make up for it? Seek redemption? Grow ugly purple flowers nobody ever sees? No, it wasn't. It's now. Every night. Cutting. Dust. Cutting. I do it. You know. I know it's not me. I know you. I do it. She shudders, looks down at her hands, making an effort to unclench her fists. Takes a deep breath. Okay, you, Slayer, we know why you're here. Let's hear it. And so Buffy does what she always does when she comes here. Gives her report. She tells Dana what they've done since the last time. The lives they've saved. The monsters they've killed. The apocalypses they've stopped. The lives they lead. How easy it is. How much better the world is. She does it mechanically, not expecting approval or relief, but because there needs to be balance. Because she needs to know that it's working. That it's really working and that there are hardly any monsters anymore. That they truly, genuinely have saved the world. Perhaps for good. That she was supposed to die at 16 and now she's going to be a grandmother. That's good, Dana nods when she's done. Children, that's... My mother used to... She tries to remember something. Something from 10,000 lifetimes ago. She used to say she got you for her sins. Sorry, got me. I... That's not what I meant to say. I know, Buffy pats her hand on Dana's shoulder. I'm going to sleep now. Are you sure? I have to. Dana shoots her a duh look, and for a second the sixty-ish woman looks almost childlike. We're only human. We need to sleep. Right, Buffy stands. You promise to let me know if there's something you need. Dana nods, like every other time she's promised that. To date, she never has. All of the characters and universes referenced here are the intellectual copyrighted material of Joss Whedon, the Fox Network, Universal Pictures, and others. This podcast and the stories contained herein are purely for entertainment purposes and no money or Second Life money was made off of this. All stories are by individuals and used with permission from the author. Strangely Literal was created in Chicago and is now produced in Los Angeles and has no connection or affiliation with Joss Whedon. For more information about this show, please check out our website at strangelyliteral.com. Grr. Gah. Yay, me.